Hey guys, welcome back to uh, Talking Deer. I'm Tim, and Joe is not with me again, sadly. But I've got a super cool guest. My good friend Daniel Millette is on with me, and Daniel is one of those guys. I probably annoy him this time of year because I'm always texting him questions because he just knows so much about hunting and tactics. In fact, I just texted him yesterday or the day before. I'd found a shed with part of the skull on it and was like, hey, do you think this deer's still alive? But Anyway, he's a wealth of knowledge, and I'd love to have him on again sometime maybe to talk deer hunting tactics, but today I'm going to talk to him about a recent hunt he had in Greenland. He actually was able to hunt caribou out in Greenland, which sounds incredible. So, uh, Daniel, are you there? Hey, Tim. How are you? Good, man. How's it going? Doing well. Doing well. we got a cold front moving in this weekend, so I'm looking forward to getting out in the deer woods. Right on, man. So I, I really wanted to talk to you about this caribou hunt because I saw, um, oh, and, and Daniel's from Growing Deer TV. I don't know if I mentioned that, but uh, I interned there and that's how I met Daniel four or five years ago, maybe six years ago. But uh, he's with, you know, Grant Woods and him kind of run Growing Deer TV. And uh, I remember I saw them post something about Daniel going on a caribou hunt and I was like, no way. So how'd that go, man? And well, how'd that come about? <laughs> First of all, yeah, well, my buddy and I, we caribou is just kind of a bucket list for us, and I, I kind of think a lot of guys kind of have it all on bucket list, and it kind of started off with like, man, we want to do DIY up in Alaska, and uh, if you've ever looked into DIY in Alaska, like airplane taxis and drop services, like they're booked like two, three years out almost, it seems like, it's just kind of hard to, to get in, and you got to really book ahead and to get in there and so we're like man i don't know if we want to wait that long and so we started just kind of looking around and and found a outfitter in greenland and we're like man go see a different country chase caribou man that just sounds awesome so that's kind of how we ended up at greenland and man so we were just just excited to be hunting caribou that is so cool man so you, I guess, found an outfitter. So, w did you have a guide when you went up there? We did. Yeah, we did. Uh, this the outfitter actually has a lease on on a big chunk of land that no one else can hunt, and and so we were able to get in there. Uh, no, no other outfitter can hunt there. Locals and you know natives they have permission to hunt this area. But, but no one else. So we were able to kind of get out there and just be right out there with the caribou and, and see what would happen. That's so cool. So obviously, I mean, caribou are a little bit of a different animal than a whitetail. So how was, yeah. how was your tactics going into that hunt? Like, how were they different, and what was kind of your game plan going in? Man, it, it, was, it was wicked cold. In fact, uh, I, like three days before we were getting ready to fly out there, uh, I emailed the outfitter, and I was like, are we all set? You know, it's kind of that last minute, what, what's it looking like? And he said, well, actually, we're going to move camps because it, it's so cold. It's, it's negative 17 degrees Celsius, oh, and we're going to move camps uh, kind of to their winter area. And I was like, oh, that sounds, that sounds good. Um yeah, I'll bring tons of warm clothes, it sounds like. So we pack some extra sleek uh, uh, jackets and, and weather gear to really take on 
the cold, but when we got out there, there had just been a little snow, and it was really cold, and that sun had kind of melted the south-facing slopes, so, you know, food was kind of our target, trying to find those areas where the sun kind of melted off some of the snow, and where there was grass, because they were, the caribou, they're kind of starting to really try to put on calories and fat for for winter. And so finding areas where there was grass was, was kind of the, the hunting strategy. And just getting high first thing in the morning, just start glassing and, and really getting downwind and just kind of working our way up these valleys on these mountains um, with the wind in our face glassing was kind of our hunting strategy. That sounds like a good strategy. So uh, did it work for you? Oh, it did. Uh, it did. Um, it was, I say it was cold, but one reason it's so cold there is our, our camp was actually, I don't know, two or three kilometers south of the glacier. And so that wind is very consistent. It's just coming straight off that glacier, and you just get a cold wind, but you just know exactly where that wind is, is going for the most part. So that first morning of the hunt, uh, we get up early and we, we just get up on top of this mountain and we hike several miles to get low, you know, and then just work our way back up this big valley. And I don't know, it was probably, uh, it was still pretty early, 8.30, 9 o'clock or so. Uh, we, we see a, a pretty good bull coming, feeding out of this valley. And of course, you know, I'm doing a lot of hunting here in those dark mountains, and you know, 120 inch deer walks by. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, man, this thing looks good. And so this bull looks <laughs> huge, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> and my buddy and I had, had kind of decided he he really wanted to shoot muskox, hunt a muskox. So we said, you know, if, if we see a muskox first, you get that first shot, and I'll I'll take a caribou bull. So it was really nice being able to hunt with my buddy and just say, you know, whatever we come on, you know, that's that's who's taking the shot. So we see this nice bull, and we're sitting there and thinking, man, he's he's looking pretty good. And we're trying to, you know, figure out a plan how to get on him and, you know, look at the terrain and how we can get around and maybe get within range of him. And, and we actually we spot two hunters up on this little plateau up above him. And when they were they were natives, able to hunt, and so they're they're out there looking for meat for winter. And we're like, well, let's just let's see what happens. And sure enough, we hear a shot, and that bull just kind of disappears. And and they didn't shoot that bull, but when he heard that shot, he knew something was up, and I mean, just disappeared. So I'm glad we waited and just didn't take off after that bull. So we're like, oh, okay. And I think, you know, that happens. That's, that's part of it. It's just part of that memory. Right? So we're going on looking for another bull, right? And we cross another mountain, get on this other side, and we're looking at this big, big open valley, real flat. And uh, sure enough, we see this, this young bull and another bull kind of just barely over the terrain. And they're they're working away from us into the wind, going up this valley, on this kind of on the south 
side of that slope feeding on grass. And this bull, he was bigger than that first bull we saw. And I'm thinking, man, this, this is it. So we just, we just take off. And we're like, we're like over a mile away. Oh, wow. You know, we're, we're, we're looking at these, these bulls uh, through the binos. And, and so we just start moving. And we're just cutting the distance. And the caribou, of course, they're just constantly moving. You know, the caribou that were there that day, they could be 10 miles away the next day. They're just, they're just constantly moving across this, this terrain. Wow. feeding and moving. So we take off. And it just so happens this herd is coming up this, up this valley. And we're able to come up on the other side of this ridge. And we peek up over the top, and he is just flat out right in front of us, about 270 yards wow. straight down. And there's a herd, honestly, I don't even know how many there were, because I was so focused on that bull. But there was, there was probably 25, 30 uh, other caribou in that herd, and they're feeding and able to just make a make a shot i mean it worked out just right came up on this little rock got set up and and shot him and he was he was down right there and it was eleven thirty on the first morning wow that's so cool man oh <laughs> uh, it was it was a thrilling hunt and you know I, i'm a huge believer in don't pass the first day what you would shoot the last day right and yep so like like my buddy's like, man, it's it's only eleven thirty on the first day. I was like, hey, I, I've got a caribou. I'm I'm so happy. Oh, that's and cool. Of course, we we didn't bring any meat to camp, right? So now we're having steaks for dinner, and it was it was awesome. That's so cool. I was actually going to ask you about that. Like, I knew you shot that on the first morning, and I was I was going to ask if that was actually a little bit of a disappointment because you know I don't know how many days you had blocked off for that hunt, but I know if you had you know a seven or nine day chunk blocked off, and then you shoot one the first morning. I know sometimes you can feel a little lost. You're like, well, I'm happy I did it, but man, you know. But that's a cool perspective. I, I like that a lot. Uh, I, w- I was thrilled. Uh, so so blessed to be with my buddy and i i was just happy because now we could go after muskox for my buddy which was what he really wanted so i was like i've got i've taken my shot now now i get enjoy hunting with my buddy and so I, I was really looking forward to that and and so yeah i was i was thrilled in so many ways that's so cool so yeah you've uh You've had some dream hunts already in your life. I know you went to Africa as well a couple of years ago. Now Greenland. What's what's next on your bucket list? <laughs> well, uh, I haven't gotten that far with my wife yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we haven't talked about that one. <laughs> so, but no, I I I'm really like when, when I think about Greenland, like it was just it was an adventure, right? And I just, I just really enjoyed that hunt because there was there was so much to it, seeing the new country and whatnot, and just experiencing a new type of hunt, uh, seeing different critters, different country, and yeah. So, yeah, there, there. I don't know. I don't pick out another place, uh, but yeah, I 
I'm always looking for the next adventure, I guess, if you will. That's cool, man. That's cool. That, and I don't know. One thing, like for me, there's a video actually. Well, let's let's put it this way. Where where can people find some of your content if they want to be able to track you down and, and watch what you're doing? Yeah, growingdeer.com. You can Google that. It'll pop right up to our website. We're on YouTube, uh, Amazon Fire, Carbon TV, whatnot. Um, we're we're on all those outlets. Growing deer. Yeah, so I watched that. There's like a, a kind of like a highlight clip that you guys put together of that hunt, and I watched it. I believe on YouTube, and I was just you know from a Missouri guy that just the landscape out there was so different. It's like another world. Like it's it was pretty cool to see. Yeah, picture, pictures and video don't do it justice. Uh, of course, you know when you're there or, or you're looking at it, you just kind of think, man, this land's just kind of barren, and there's really nothing out here, but. You, you stop on a mountain and, and you just start glass and start looking and caribou just, they just start popping up out of nowhere. And, you know, there's ptarmigan running along the ground and, uh, you know, snow hair coming up out of the rocks. And mm. I mean, I was shocked by how many sets of tracks of fox there were. I mean, there were oh, wow. fox tracks everywhere. And, and there's so much life, so many critters running around, and 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 you just think it's barren, but they have everything they need right there, you know, within those first feet off the ground, food, cover, and everything. So, yeah, it, it can hold a lot of critters. That's so cool. Yeah, it, when you were saying they they just kind of pop up out of nowhere, it kind of reminds me, I've never been on a mule deer hunt, but I hear people talk all the time about how they use the terrain, you know, a lot of times they're in places there's not a lot of trees, kind of similar, but they, they use yeah. the terrain to hide and then they just come out of the woodworks. Like, it seems like there's no place for anything to hide, but then they do, so. Yeah, western Kansas, whatnot, those mule deer, and even whitetails coming up out of those coolies and, and just popping up. And you, you think, man, there's, of course, I'm especially down in the Ozarks, a lot of people think cover, you know, timber right but cover for those critters is it's actually just a few feet off the ground and yeah they they can survive on on just sunlight reaching the ground with vegetation for sure and thrive actually that's so cool man that is so cool well i don't know where to go from here um what what do you have any other hunts scheduled like whitetail hunts i know you hit a couple early season but Anything else on the schedule out of state, perhaps? Uh, I I don't. Um, I'll probably be hunting with Grant some, maybe in Kentucky. Um, I may may get behind a Winchester in Kentucky come rifle season. We'll just kind of see how our season goes. Their season actually kind of lines up with Missouri, so kind of depends on how our Missouri season goes. But right now, I'm I've got my sights set on on a Missouri buck. Okay. And uh, I know you've got some family property in northern Missouri as well. Do you have any intentions of hunting that, or are you trying to uh, harvest the buck on the proving grounds? Yeah, it, it's it's a good friend. Um, they have 80 acres, and, man, that 80 acres is great because there's ag and there's a travel corridor right there. And I honestly, I, I try to stay out of there until the pre-rut and really just try to hunt I mean, the resources is the travel corridor, and I really just try to um, hunt that during the 
the pre-rut, right before our our rifle season, those last few days of that early season archery seem to be some of the best hunts I have on that property. And so I'll try to probably stay out of there uh, until then and be hunting down here in the Ozarks up till then. And we've got some got some good gear down here in southern Missouri right now. And, um, of course, we don't have very many acorns um, compared to other years. So deer are kind of using our food plots more. And I, I think we get some good hunting conditions. We're, we're going to have some good hunts here in the next couple of weeks for sure. Gotcha, man. Well, I'm excited to follow along with you guys the rest of your deer season. And I don't know if I'll ever have the chance to go on a caribou hunt, but I sure enjoyed living vicariously through you watching that video. <laughs> that was pretty cool, man. Pretty epic. I, I hope you get a go. Uh, it go. It was a lot of fun. And, and man, the steaks, I can't tell you, those, those steaks were tasted great. And it may be because I was out in the middle of nowhere and that's all I had to eat. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, no, they, they tasted incredible. Awesome. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for hopping on. I really enjoyed hearing about your hunt. And, uh, man, that was just some incredible footage. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to chat with me. I would love to have you on again sometime to talk, you know, some more whitetail tactics and strategies or habitat. But for now, I really appreciate the time that you've you've given me. I know you're a busy guy, and it's always good to catch up with you. So I appreciate you. Hey, thanks, Tim. I, I really appreciate everything you do, what you stand for, and I hope you have a great fall. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks a bunch. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Okay, bye-bye.